morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Twitch.tv forward slash Ice Cream Plus. Bibby is not full screen. Nice. I am now. No, I've killed something. <laughs> was, okay. uh, do you know what? Let's, let's hide Bibby for a second. How is everyone doing? If you're in the chat, please feel free to say hello. I did just kill Discord dicking around with something. So uh, let me just see if I can get rid of Discord. Please die. Okay. I'm going to have to kill, kill Discord. Because I've got a JavaScript error. Oh, no. Oh, no. I did see someone with this JavaScript error the other day. Um, and the only way they fixed it was to, like, delete all files off their PC. So hopefully we don't we don't permanently kill Bibi. But how is everyone doing? Welcome to twitch.tv forward slash Plus. My name is Graham Day, and we are going through technical difficulties. But it's fine. It's fine. Oh, oh, oh. There we go. There, it seems like he's back. It seems like he's back. Can we get him full screen? Uh, let's move him over this way. And there we go. Okay, let's bring him back onto the screen. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, welcome in. If you don't know who we are, my name is Graham Day. This is the man that we call Bibby, and that is what he looks like all the time. It's not just doing something special now. That is just ju that is just Bibby. There's Bibby. There's Bibby. I'll read Bib. Hello. I notice you're wearing uh, black and yellow, as I'm also wearing black and yellow. It's like we've uh, styled ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. We have the conversation every single morning. What are you wearing tonight, Graham? I don't know, Bibby. I think you should look like the Italian Batman, Bibby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, anyway, welcome in, and as mentioned, obviously, I'm Graham, this has been We Are Ice Cream Uploads, an intro ice creamy fashion. This is The Scoop, your daily dose of news from the world of video games and beyond. And do, and do you know what? If you have the opinion that this is the UK's number one video game podcast, I would not I would not disagree with you. That's all I'm going to say. You won't be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We're going to give you our thoughts and impressions on the biggest, the best, and the breaking stories from the world of video games. And we want your thoughts and impressions on our thoughts and impressions right here, right now, live in the chat on Twitch. We go live each and every single week at 10 a.m. ish, 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 ish. 10 a.m. ish. It's 5 to 11. 10 a.m. ish. So feel free uh, to get involved in the chat right here, right now, each and every single weekday at 10 a.m. ish on twitch.tv forward slash ice cream plans. And it is important that you do that because we turn this into a podcast, a video for YouTube and an audio podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud and Google Play. So make sure you get involved on behalf of everyone that's listening on demand. Speaking of on demand and getting involved in the chats, let's see who's here. We have Lake, who was in early this morning. How's things, Lake? Uh, Mike Hi, says, hey, you guys. Ian, morning, gents. Uh, Lake says, point champ manager 0102, uh, still the best game, uh, manager game to date. Uh, I have no opinion of that, but Bibi probably does. Uh, Gagad says, morning, yep. gents. Gary Clark says, morning, lads. Quick stop, Hicks. Uh, no mercy. Yes, sensei. <laughs> um, strike first. Strike hard. No mercy. Um, I'm wearing a Cobra Kai t-shirt. If you're listening on demand, you're thinking, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> uh, so, Bib, 0102 champ manager. Yeah. What was it? 0102. Fantastic game. I mean, it's one of the very few football man uh, sorry, championship managers that uh, nowadays still gets an update every single year. So if you were to play 0102 with the game engine from back then, but you want to play with, now, with players from this era today, uh, then you can go ahead and download a patch and play it like that. You could probably finish the season in about an hour and a half on that game. It's so fast compared to the new ones. Like The new ones, you're probably looking at about eight, nine, ten hours to be able to complete a season. On that one, you are flying. You can finish seasons in a day. Uh, which Lake agrees with. He says, yeah, it's fast. See, I have absolutely yeah. no real experience. I've got, I've got about halfway into a season of football manager games twice um, and give up because it's not for me. It's not for me. Um, but anyway, i tell you what is for me. Talking about the news. Maybe maybe we should jump into the news. Yeah, that's fine. Nice, nice. Maybe we should. 
we should. Before we do that, though, one final bit of housekeeping uh, before we jump in. If you would like to bag yourself a copy of FIFA 21, well, good news. We are giving one away. Uh, let me just type this in the chat. Exclamation mark. FIFA 21. Boop. There we go. We are giving away a copy of FIFA 21 on Monday, the 2nd of November. That is our monthly loot drop. So the, the start of every month, the first Monday of every month, we give a prize away to one subscriber. It's, uh, it's a little way that we can support the people that are supporting us with subscriptions so we are giving that away on monday uh the 2nd of november i believe it is um so if you're a sub make sure you're in our discord and you've linked stuff up because if not you're losing out on the opportunity to win yourself prizes every month this month it's fever next month something new um if you aren't a sub and you can't afford a sub don't worry about that um you can help us launch another giveaway by getting us to 2k followers once we hit 2k followers we will do another giveaway not necessarily for fifa but we haven't mentioned what that will be we'll announce when we get to 2k but we are closing in it so if you know anyone else that, that, that could spare a free follow then then please feel free to let them know anyway now we will jump into the news uh, you may have seen this doing the rounds yesterday both bibby and i picked it off in our own uh, social uh, searching yesterday because it's a shit take um but you know what if you don't know what we're talking about let's jump in let's jump in also just want to jump in with the caveat that the image in this article is actually the image in this article. It has 100%, 100% not been edited using the uh, source code on the website whatsoever. Just saying that. 100% legit. That's all I'm saying. Uh, the fact that I'm forcing it quite a bit might indicate that it's not 100%, but it's 100% legit. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, uh, streamers should pay game developers royalties, argues Stadia's creative director. Uh, this is written by Tom Ivan for VJ. Oh, that's me and Bip. That's me and Bip in that article. What's, what's the chances of that? Uh, there, was, there was an image of Ninja there, but... Um, uh, Bibby, uh, as he put the tweet out this morning, it was like everyone else that's tweeting about this article is using an image of Shroud or Ninja or whoever. Um, so he said, Do you know what? Let's have the two most famous and creative content creators the world has ever seen. So there we go. There we go. Um, so, anyway, back into the news. The subtitle says Stadia trends worldwide following developers' comments over content licensing. Uh, so a creative director at Google Stadia has argued that content creators should pay developers and publishers royalties and publishers royalties for streaming their games. Alex Hutchinson, who was the creative lead uh, behind big budget games such as Far Cry 4, Assassin's Creed 3, and The Sims 2, uh, made the statement in a series of tweets published on Thursday. Uh, the designer argued that video games are the only entertainment industry allowing content creators to stream their content without any return of profits. Hutchinson's Montreal-based studio Typhoon, which released its first game, Journey to the Savage Planet, this year, was acquired by Google to join its Stadia division. Um, then we have a quote within the article that says, Streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they use music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well, he wrote. It's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. He then followed that up with a second tweet, which uh, is in the uh, article now. It says, The real truth is streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. Hutchinson's comments caused huge debate on Twitter on Thursday, with more than 15,000 comments on his post causing Stadia to trend worldwide. Well, that's a first. Uh, Dan TDM, who is one of YouTube's most popular creators with over 23 million subscribers, criticised uh, criticized the Stadia developer's stance 
Terrible take, he wrote. The amount of exposure streamers and YouTubers give to games just by playing them is worth major dollar 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 sign by itself. Uh, some games only market through influencers now because it's so strong and works. Uh, you're also creative uh, creative director at, at Stadia. Stadia literally paid me and many others to promote their products. Uh, another popular, uh, popular streamer, Frost, wrote, Game developers have the right to DMCA strike anyone streaming slash uploading content of their game. They always have. The reason they don't is because it's a win-win situation where the game gets free promo and a streamer makes a living from it. Hutchinson later wrote, Amazing to me that people are upset at someone saying that creators of content should be allowed to make, uh, to make some money. Uh, of the money uh, to, to make ah oh, there we go i'll start again amazing to me that people are upset at someone saying that creators of content should be allowed to make some of the money from other people using their content for profit uh, google said in a statement the recent tweets by alex hutchinson creative director at the montreal studio of stadia games and entertainment do not reflect those of stadia youtube or google ouch <laughs> i i completely missed that bottom bit by the way i, I didn't see google to, uh, mention a statement on that so that is amazing uh, that's the equivalent of someone doing the um, the uh, the cutthroat gesture. No, 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 not me. No, no. Uh, just see if there's anything else in the last few lines. Richard Hogg of Hogg Law Firm uh, suggests the IP licensing concept is something more streamers should be aware of, noting that a surprisingly low amount of games allow users users to stream and gain money via their user agreements. My primary position is that the publishers uh, slash developers have rightly seen the value in streaming and should be granting the license to stream in their EULAs um, rather than hanging a sword of Damocles over everybody. But they like their sword, he wrote. Many companies give streaming uh, give streaming rights, many more don't. This should be used as a wake-up call to streamers that they need to get those rights in their EULAs. Um, that is a very good point. I'm just going to just instantly jump on the fact that streamers don't necessarily have the right to stream games and this the reason most people that are educated in this area understand this um but a lot of people particularly people that are new and have just gone straight into streaming this content creation from enjoying video games they don't actually understand that you technically aren't allowed to stream a game because you've bought it just because you own it doesn't mean that you own the rights to sharing that content outward because that is marketing that potentially earns you money and when you earn money off a product that someone else has created in that sort of sense that digital ip belongs to someone else so they can say nope you can't do it uh, if you want to do it you have to give us money that is actual factual law that is the way not that i necessarily say that I agree with it. I believe it's archaic and outdated law. But just so that people know, that is where he is coming from. So he's coming from an actual factual uh, position. Doesn't mean it's bullshit or not bullshit. No, it doesn't mean it's not bullshit. That's what I meant to say. Uh, so, Bib, streamers like these two handsome chappies at the top of this article here, hey, should pay game developers, uh, developers royalties to stream their games. What are your thoughts on that statement? Well, I was going to go with uh, the guy's a fucking idiot. But <laughs> to, start, to start off, game would games be as popular now as there was? Like, would would Fortnite, for instance, just throwing that one out there, would Fortnite be as popular as it is now if people like Ninja, like Shroud, like any other big Fortnite streamer were streaming that game? Would it be as popular as it was if it didn't? Like, games way back when on, like, the PlayStation 1, there's a reason why, like, Final Fantasy sold the amount of copies that it did. It did. Same with, like, Resident Evil and uh any other top tier game from uh, gran turismo um 
from way back when. Metal Gear Solid. I'm just the games are just coming to me. With, the, with those games, it's, it's funny watching Bibby just kind of like stumble down yeah. the uh, thought tree, hitting different branches. <laughs> In my head, I'm thinking, what have I got on my cabinet behind me? <laughs> um, but yeah, would the would those games be as popular? Yes, because we didn't have streaming back then. We had video game magazines. It's not the same. But it had the same kind of effect, uh, and they had obviously the internet to be able to people say, "Oh my god, this game was amazing!" But they didn't have the streaming caliber. I get where he's coming from. Like you said, there is rules and regulations around stuff, and I get that. But at the same time, he's a fucking idiot <laughs> on the other side of the coin. Like there is no way this day and age that unless you was NDA'd for streaming a game before the embargo day is due, that you would not want people to be streaming your game. We we've been given codes to now to be able to stream. Like Asim, for instance, reached out to us and wanted us to stream PGA. Uh, uh, I, I think the few. official term is begged. He begged. Yeah, uh... <laughs> he begged us. He begged us. He even tried sweetening me up by sending me a box with like game codes and hats and <laughs> golf balls, which I still have here. That I'm never going to use because I will lose them. Um, but yeah, like the the want to try and get exposure from people who they think are going to give them the best look at the game rather than just bringing in press who nine times out of ten probably have no idea what the franchise is about or the ip or what love's gone into it if it, especially if it's a historical game that's getting a remaster rather than bringing those people in and say yes this game is kind of good get the people in that really know about the franchise and try and sell the game on behalf of uh on behalf of the marketing team and that is a like it's like you said it's a win-win across the board I don't. I don't think there's any other way of being able to put a monetary value on that, especially when nine times out of ten the influencers are just given like press packs. They come in. They may have their flights paid for and the accommodation for the night to be able to come in and make some content of it. But I'm telling you now, like the amount of money. If you've worked in marketing, you sh- you won't even your brain would fry with the amount of money that we you would have to spend when it comes to marketing your game, whether or not it be in video game magazines, whether or not it be uh, on articles on websites, whether or not it be billboards, where it doesn't matter. Social media posts, they, they're not free when it comes to trying to target audiences. Um, so it's a literally eye-watering amount of money where you can just pay an influencer who probably loves the product anyway to come in, make it a passion project and then sell the game on behalf of them it's a massive way there's a reason why people still do it and marketing companies do it because it works it's it's, the fun thing is as well is is the ignorance to the streaming side of it as well streamers should pay developers for access to their games okay if that is the case um then every time a developer's game is featured on a stream that is like that's the same as a, as a game featuring on TV. Um, so every time a streamer streams a game, do we then invoice the developers then for the fact that we're using uh, they use they're on our platforms as well? Um, and th- there was a really good comment yesterday in response to um, so Dan TDM, Dan TDM, who was in this article, uh, Dan the Diamond Minecraft, Minecraft streamer. Um, originally i think he's kind of uh, dabbled a few, in a few different things but i think he still mains minecraft content i don't watch his stuff obviously but he um said not only is it a terrible take it's it's a really really good and proven system where streamers can can market games for developers um not only that you paid me for marketing and in response to that um i think it's high pixel um i'm not 100 percent sure because i'm not obviously into the Minecraft uh, sort of genre, but Hypixel, I think it was, um, is a game that's similar to Minecraft, and Dan the Diamond Minecart, Dan TDM, um, 
um, did a video on their announcement. So he did like a reaction video on Hypixel's announcement video. Um, and they responded to Dan's thing saying, okay, if Dan has to pay developers for the games, does that mean developers then start have to pay, uh, start, should start paying content creators for exposure? Because if that is the case, Dan's video at present was 2.6 million views. We as a developer can't afford to pay for that. So if that is the case, Dan, please don't bill us because you'll put us out of business. I mean, obviously, this, the, you kind of have to take a few leaps of faith to keep that conversation run going in terms of they didn't opt into it and so on. But but that's the point. That two, One person, one content creator at the top end just, just makes a reaction video, gets 2.6 million views. A lot of indie developers will never see 2.6 million views across across not just like a, a successful game, an unsuccessful game, their successful games might never see 2.6 million views in content creation. So if content creators can put a game out there, then that can make a company, absolutely. So do, should that now start to be changed, uh, charged in reverse? If we make your game trend, uh, then yeah, you owe me money now, so I will take my royalties off the back of that. It's it's a it's a re. I mean, that's just that's just the top level. We can dig into that, and we will dig into it a bit further. But that just shows you how how poor it is. Before we start digging in a bit further, let's jump back into the chat because I can see it's scrolling. Uh, Gary says, "Look at those two shaggers." E. Um, uh, Mike says, "Then if they want content creators, oops, oh, gone. Uh, then if they want content creators uh, to pay royalties, they should give them uh, the game for fuck all." Then um, exactly that's the thing. I mean. Stadia pay content creators to stream their games. Stadia have uh, been talking about how easy it is to stream your games onto Stadia. So Stadia itself says, stream your games, share them with your communities. And now one of the creative directors at Stadia, it shows how disconnected he is from, from the world that he's in. When Stadia do one thing that he's criticizing because they understand it's a necessary means to success it shows you how disconnected he is from the world that he's in. When Google itself comes out and goes, now, nah, uh, uh, yeah, forget what he said, bit of a dickhead, that guy. Not, not, not our statements. So yeah, it shows you how disconnected he is. Um, Gary says, and then the question why uh, Stadia isn't very popular. That guy is yeah. an absolute moron. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, to be to be fair to Stadia, this is a dick at Stadia. Um, I'm sorry, being personal. This is a guy with um, uh, a, a crap opinion in my opinion at stadia this isn't necessarily stadia's fault but guilt by association at stadia have been badged everywhere as soon as you look at his profile and see creative director at stadia um that's that it get it gets badged uh, painted with the same brush same thing that i said yesterday for something else it gets it gets painted with the same brush and stadia suddenly well that's the reason you're not making any money you can't make any money so you're trying to take money off other people i was guilty of doing the exact same thing yesterday it's not stadia's fault but at that point yesterday google hadn't come out and slapped his comments down and everything they have now so i'm happy to say okay it's not stadia this is just one whopper's personal opinion um and yeah it doesn't true with the brand anyway uh, it's free marketing and that's why publishers well the majority of them uh, love it when uh, people stream their games look at among us that came out years ago and it wasn't popular but then years later a huge streamer played it and now it's ridiculously popular because of it uh, i've bought so many games myself over the years after watching people streaming it and that marketing is so valuable uh, for publishers and developers um asim says not going to shit on the guy because at the end of the day he's allowed his opinion however 
as I tweeted yesterday, ultimately it's counterproductive in the gaming world. One free uh, cost-effective promotion. Uh, one uh, free promotions for both parties. Two encourages others to do the same. Three spreads the good word about gaming uh, to so many different people uh, from walks of life or generations. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I I got caught up with superlative. I called him a dick. Um, he's, he's not a dick. He's just is is a guy that's. Yes. Clearly, been. <laughs> I mean, you're allowed your opinion. That's the point. That's the point. He's the guy that's clearly been involved in video games. Um, what was the four three two bit? Far Cry Four, Assassin's Creed Three, Sims Two. Uh, one massive mistake uh, at the end is what uh, I would add on there. But yeah, absolutely is allowed his opinion, and that's the point. He, he is one person, so it's not necessarily Stadia's problem. And if he started saying to Stadia, actually, um, what was the name of the studio? Uh, Typhoon. So Typhoon made Jane to the Savage Planet. If he starts saying Stadia, I'm gonna start charging people uh, for trying to play Jen to the Savage Planet because that's my IP that they're paying for, uh, that they're playing and they've not paid for. I'm a sh I'm sure Stadia will go, okay, that's too much of a conflict of interest. You're out of here because that goes against everything that we are trying to do as a system. Um, and it shows how archaic it is. It comes from IP ownership. If you own a brand, someone else shouldn't be able to use your brand as it is to make profit without um, your consent which is understandable. I can't go around going, yep, that's it, I support Manchester United. So, Graham Day, I'm an official Manchester United streamer. I stream for Manchester United. I do Manchester United things. United will be like, uh, okay, we like you, we like the fact that you support us, and we like the fact that you live five minutes away, but, yeah, actually, lawsuit, boom! Uh, so, you can see where he's, he's coming from, um, but just because one set of laws and rules and regulations in one industry has worked and does continue to work doesn't necessarily mean it's right for a different industry the thing with the thing with ip and copyright and content laws is they aren't perfect they are far from being perfect laws governing the internet aren't perfect they have never been perfect and they are a long way from being perfect doesn't mean that we should just go okay well that's how they were so we should sit on that that's 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 the law that we stick to you should evolve in time and laws are evolving around content and the internet in particular yeah. um this guy though isn't evolving he's saying no that's old school ip ip law i, I made it I, I i own it you pay me money and it's just it's short sighted and greedy in my opinion do you want to tell you how much is fucked up that google have had to come out and make a statement about it because they know it's going to have a detrimental effect potentially on a dying product like there was they've, they've come out and said that his views do not reflect everything that's going on in, in google now if your parent company as big as Google's coming out and, and not siding with you, then you know you've dropped a massive, massive bollock. And it's, um, it's, it's the phrasing of it as well. Uh, the recent tweets by Alex Hutchin Hutchinson, uh, creative director at the Montreal studio of Stadia Games and Entertainment, which which instantly, because his bio naturally says creative director at Stadia, because he is a creative director at Stadia, yeah. and, and you want to get so many characters. But they've come out to clarify that he's the creative director at one studio within Stadia, and his views do not reflect Stadia, YouTube, or Google. Just just to clarify, he applies, from his own opinions, to none of the business at all. It's, yeah. it's the, it's the full-on, stern, this is not us, this is not our thoughts yeah. kind of way of saying it. Um, they wouldn't have done that, and they wouldn't have done that in less than 24 hours if it wasn't... <laughs> A, a potential shitstorm. By saying that, they can turn it into a storm in a teacup because that's technically what it is. It is a storm in a teacup. Naturally, um, 
you get into the the superlative of the situation, um, and everything kind of gets sensationalized by people like us talking about it because it's it's a talkable story. We are streamers; it directly inf impacts us. If he could have his say and works on a video gaming platform, a platform that we've purchased twice, I'm going to add in again. Um, <laughs> then, then naturally we would want to jump in on it. But the fact that YouTube have come out and gone, actually, it's just his opinion, which he is entitled to. It is a storm in a teacup, but. Uh, that's only because YouTube stopped it brewing into a big shitstorm. Um, yeah. uh, Mike says, look at how much Among Us um, has blown up over the last few weeks, months. Uh, that would have been pretty much nobody playing it. Absolutely, absolutely. Among Us is a good case study for this. Um, and before that, Fall Guys, another good case study. Um, start of the generation, um, Rocket League. I mean, Rocket League not not as much. Rocket League is a little different in terms of it was picked up by content creators and everyone and news outlets. Content creation was still, in terms of streaming, was a little bit more embryonic seven years ago. I mean, it was still very very much advanced for those that were involved in the area. But in terms of being more mainstream, definitely not as much. Um, and but but even that, it was the 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 power of the spoken word. It was more YouTube videos and stuff around Rocket League and what you could do in that. That's the reason why when Rocket League came out seven years ago, you had things like um, the Sidemen, uh, from a UK perspective, one of the biggest uh, collectives in YouTube content creation, had their own little badge uh, flag in Rocket League. That's how big it was because YouTube, the Sidemen and everything uh, all got behind this game. So Rocket League blew up because it was free uh, there wasn't that much to choose at the time, and content creators and everyone pushed it towards their audiences. Rocket League grew to the point where it's now something that Epic owns because they saw the value in it. That is what content creators can do. Not all the time, and there is arguments against it. There, I have seen, to, to offer some little balance to this now, I have seen um, there is evidence that uh, content creation doesn't work in terms of the PR of of video games uh, but that isn't universal evidence if someone like um, Alex Hutchinson wants to use that evidence as uh, something for him uh, fine because certain indie games that don't have something unique enough to make them be more mainstream so among us yeah. if you look at it and and you see how kind of rough around the edges it, it, it is. It almost looks like an old school flash game. Uh, it's not necessarily the biggest, the best, the most well created. Even when you're uh, setting the lobbies and stuff up, you've got the the wall of text down the side that looks like you're in sort of debug mode. It's it's not it's not a great game. But when you get past that, the the USP of having the ability to get full on like that it's, it's the same thing as ball guys it's that emotive interaction the party game it's not the game that you're playing it's yourself and each other that's kind of the same thing that is something different um so yeah anyway most most indie games don't have the ability to um succeed yeah on the the larger scale by definition they are independent games made with an independent more smaller focus so mm -hmm. content creation doesn't necessarily work with all indie games because some people will will share games and take all of the potential buyers away from a game by going okay i've shown you a game it's literally just narrative there is nothing that you can uh, do to go and advance the storyline or yourself or whatever it's literally just a narrative and that's what it is and now you've seen it and now no one's going to buy it so that potentially small audience has been 
essentially exhausted. There is no money there for the for the developers, and that there is evidence that that does happen, but that is definitely not on the wide scale. Um, so yeah, he's probably coming from the angle of um, developers and publishers should actually pay to play, but he's he's worked with big games as well. So if Journey to the Savage Planet is something that's a bit smaller, that's a bit more niche, that might potentially be at risk of of content creators. Uh, strangling, then you can kind of see his points coming from uh, there. But he's also worked on Far Cry 4, Assassin's Creed 3, and The Sims 2, which will have all uh, done mega, mega amounts of marketing and influencer investments. So I just don't understand where he's coming from with that sense at this point in time. Um, anyway, um, something like what this dude is suggesting is just putting a huge gear around a large portion of the gaming world not good says asim absolutely that's that's the thing i mean some games as mentioned obviously it it does has the potential for there was some case studies uh, that i was looking around at articles yesterday on this and there was some case studies of can't remember the name of it there was one game that basically said it earned no money from sales after content creators got involved in it and that is because it's that style of game once you've done it there is no replayability you don't get anything from playing it again yourself you've seen it it's been experienced there's no point going back into it some games are like that some games you can replay for forever um so yeah you can see that but in general overwhelmingly um content creators and, and streaming is positive so that huge gate that asim's talking about is is it's too sweeping a statement mm -hmm. um ea have probably heard about it and putting plans in place to screw people out of more money <laughs> <laughs> uh ea is going to courts in canada most likely yeah potentially um uh, I'm with Bibber. He is. <laughs> what, he said? Is it, what did he say? Dick or something like that? Yeah. Um, ir um, ironic, his parent company uh, own YouTube, uh, who have moved into streaming. That's it. Is it's 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 daft. I mean, people that want to stream video games should pay for the privilege of doing that. Um, but yet, uh, I tweeted yesterday. What are these buttons for on the new controllers? Then I mean. The PS5 and the PS4, obviously, controller have share buttons. Uh, the Xbox controller has a share button. Does the Steam controller have a share button? I don't know if it does, but either if it doesn't have a share button, it has a share function. So Stadia itself promotes the sharing of video games, but they, they have nothing in place to charge you for the facility of doing that. So the creative director at Stadia is saying something that his system doesn't support should be in place. It just seems a, there's a disconnect there. There's a disconnect. Uh, oh god, I get here, and that conversation is about that douche and his tweets. No, no, we're talking about Alex Hutchinson, not Bib. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a lot of shit takes. Uh, so yeah, we. I mean, if you've only just got here, uh, Bacon Chin, you will have missed the fact that we are covering Tom Ivan's article at VGC, and like all articles have done around this, they have featured. Um, prominent content creators in their articles so if we look at the vgc article oh look at these guys oh look how beautiful they look there that's absolutely not just been edited in uh, <laughs> uh just for just for uh clarity i'm gonna refresh the page as well just so people can see what it should actually be there you go it should actually be ninja there so yeah that's that's what it was i just edited so it's called uh anyway there we go that's enough of that dude we've spoken enough streamers should pay game developers royalties according to one of stadia's creative directors not a statement that Stadia, YouTube, or Google agree with at all, and not anything that anyone else would be surprised to hear they don't agree with it. But, do you know what? It's allowed as opinion. It's opinion the majority of people don't agree with. It is based in law, um, but just because laws are there doesn't mean that they're right. doesn't mean that they shouldn't change, or they won't change. So, catch up with the times, Mr. Creative Director. Anyway, 
Should we talk about streaming? Darren, so you've been Twitch from your console on day one. I think that's what we should talk about. That's a good way to, to move forward. I mean, obviously, if you want to get absolutely fleeced for every bit of money that you own because you're trying to stream games to the internet, then... <gasps> but you know what? PS5 will let you do it on day one. This is written by Sharif Saeed for VG247. And the PS5 will launch with a good selection of media apps. Sony has confirmed all the media apps and video streaming services PS5 owners will be able to use on day one. The platform holder is selling a media remote, of course, uh, with dedicated buttons for a number of them already on it. At launch, everyone will have access to Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Spotify, and Apple TV, uh, also coming to PS4 soon. Uh, Twitch and YouTube will, of course, uh, both be there as well, and they both support streaming directly from the console as well as traditional viewing. Details on frame rate as a, and resolution caps for streaming weren't provided. Down the line, Amazon Prime Video, Hulu, Peacock, My Canal, um, and others will arrive. I mean, Peacock and My Canal sounds like I'm being absolutely. What the fuck are they? <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing. I've never heard of them before. I mean, I'm guessing My Canal is French from Canal Plus, uh, which is like, is it Channel Plus? Is the translation? So I guess. It looks like Sky. Um, TV, sports, series, and films. Yeah, it's basically just Sky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, there you go. My, my media degree came in useful for something. I know what my <laughs> canal is without knowing what it is. Wow. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So back to the site again. Down the line, Amazon Prime Video, Hulu, Peacock, and my canal, um, and others will arrive, uh, though Sony didn't offer a specific date there. As revealed in, in the recent first look at PS5 user interface, media will have a dedicated space away from games on the homepage, which you can easily get to at any point. Curiously, Sony says you won't even have to download these apps from the PlayStation Store. They're going to be immediately available under the Media tab. It'll be interesting to see if app install files are simply bundled, uh, bundled with the OS slash future firmware updates. Those who listen to a lot of Spotify on their consoles will also be happy to know that the Music Control Center has been revamped to make it easier to pause, skip, and switch between channels. As always, our PS5 pre-order guide is a good place to start if you're looking to get a console on day one. Basically, the pre-order guide is... You're not getting a console on day one. Uh, so that, <laughs> there you go. No, there probably will be other ways to do it, but check it out. Check it out if you want to see. Um, Gary Clark says, Shaggers! <laughs> uh, we don't actually know what Gary's referring to there. He's just, he just says that all the time. It's, it's, it's really awkward when you're like walking down the high street uh, just outside like a little little Argos and there's a little old lady there and yeah, he does it then. It's just, yeah, it's Gary, it's Gary, Gary, man, Gary. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, PS5 will let you stream to YouTube and Twitch Nice, nice. Particularly the latter, uh, directly from the console on day one. Big thoughts. Uh, I I love this. Again, it's a uh, it's nice to have a media center, but unfortunately, this doesn't really work for me. Um, if my PlayStation is in the front room, then absolutely. But when it's upstairs in the bedroom, like it is now, my PlayStation is connected to my Elgato, and I have to turn that off to be able uh, to unplug my Elgato and turn off HDCP. Is it? Uh, so that you can actually watch those things because you're not allowed to obviously rebroadcast them. Um, so I don't actually have any of those. I don't have YouTube, Twitch, or anything on my PlayStation um, as it stands now. I probably won't for the PlayStation 5 for the exact same reason. Um, but I'd like to know the portion of people that probably... Yeah, like you on your Xbox use it just for Twitch now, don't you? So it obviously works for you. Uh, ish. I have it... I have Twitch installed on my Xbox and I use it on my Xbox. And the main thing there is that's almost an extension of my TV because my um, TV remote is a smart TV which um, the Xbox pops up in the tray at the bottom of it's a Samsung TV which most Samsung TVs have the same OS um, but my remote uh, is a smart remote as well so my smart remote can control other devices so I can control Sky 
and my Xbox and my TV through my TV remote. So I just go to the Xbox tile, click on that, and blah, 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 my Xbox turns on. So yes, mm. it does have it on there, but I don't use my Xbox as an Xbox. <laughs> it's a Twitch box. Uh, so, mm. so yeah, I don't really use it for anything else. It's just sat there so I can watch Twitch on the TV. Um, so yeah, that does exist. Um, I, I, I must ag- agree. Who who uses their PS5 as a media center? Maybe Maybe it's not necessarily for us maybe this is for um people that have smaller setups maybe the people that might live in a flat maybe the people that might live at home still um that don't necessarily have the living room set up but you've got the bedroom set up kind of thing maybe having that one box as the bit of everything is more useful um and i'm sat here with a ps4 pro and a pc uh plus my phone and everything in this room so it's kind of it's kind of irrelevant to me in that sort of sense. So maybe it's not necessarily directed at me. What I will say from my perspective, though, is a remote that comes with pre-programmed button, uh, buttons like that just doesn't interest me. Um, because who had a Spotify account seven years ago? Some people probably did. Most people didn't. Um, who used, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, like Disney Plus seven years ago? It didn't exist. Who used Apple TV uh, seven years ago, it didn't exist. So what's to say that we're going to still be using them at that same uh, size or scale in seven years' time? Yeah. And not only seven years' time, we might still be using them, but they might not be the big things that are there. So if I have buttons on a remote, I'd like to have a one, two, three, four that I can program to go straight to uh, Twitch and straight to YouTube and so on. I'd, I'd never want a button that takes me straight to Netflix because... Yeah, all right, and I'm watching that now. But if Netflix suddenly shits the bed uh, and has no content uh, or makes really bad decisions or, or the price goes up and I don't use it, then it's, it's a useless, useless waste of space on my uh, controller. And not only that, what if I have Netflix? But I'm not asked at Disney Plus because they charge 20 quid to watch a new film. Um, or maybe I take a political stance on, um, like, the Mulan actor supporting uh, like the, her position in the Hong Kong um, protests and so on. Maybe I'm, I just got fuck Disney Plus. Not, I'm not having that. Uh, then that's another wasted button. So I like the idea of the motors. I'm just not. Why? Why give me branded buttons? Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike says you can stream from the Xbox One to Twitch already. Uh, people like me have uh, have about four foot to move around in. <laughs> well, there's that. There is that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had this issue with the Roku box. Came with buttons for services that didn't exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, you can see it. It's probably an, a marketing thing. It's, they've probably put some money into the pockets there. Like, as in, okay, we will give you either a higher market share, market share revenue share. That's the word I'm looking for. So if people uh, spend 20 quid on the Disney film, um, okay, we as Disney Plus will get... 18 and you as playstation as they provide this one get two usually but we'll give you five or whatever maybe they've put a bit bigger market share for inclusion and things like that as an idea that that will help then uh boost the install base of it going forward but yeah it's just not for me it's 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 a it's a very commercial thing that i just don't feel has long-term views in mind so it's not for me yeah Uh, um, I think the buttons on the PS5 remote are programmable. I might have dreamed that up though, but I'm sure I read it somewhere. I mean, see if I can find it. Uh, it's not so much that, like, I, I would love them to be programmable. Uh, PS5 remote control images. Yeah, it's not so much that um, they're not programmable. It's this. Like, it's the fact that the remote has 
that Netflix, YouTube, Spotify, Disney Plus button. Disney Plus is decent, but I must admit, it's decent now. It's kind of like Sky. Um, I watched Onward last week. Um, I didn't watch anything for Amazing about film. for about a month, maybe more, um, on Disney Plus. Um, I will watch it next week, every week, once a week for one hour for about <laughs> eight weeks when um, Mandalorian comes out. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's but, go, baby Yoda. <laughs> but after that, what am I going to watch again? So maybe, maybe I think, do you know what? Sorry, I, I, I'm just going to um, kill my membership. I'll come back in in a year's time when they have more stuff that's built up again. So that's just a, it's a branded button that then just becomes irrelevant. Um, Spotify. What if Apple Music suddenly changes the game um, uh, and has some sort of integration into Twitch or something, and me as a content creator can get at access to streamer libraries and so on spotify becomes irrelevant oh, okay well that's another button that's kaput youtube i never use on my tv because it's a horrible experience <laughs> i use youtube every day when i'm sat on my pc but on my tv or on my playstation no thank you so that button i'm probably not going to use despite youtube being one of the most widely used sources on the internet that i use i will not use that button so yeah that's my issue with the remote um these oh gone. these Get out of here. Get out of here. Just give me a programmable thing. Nice. Nice. Uh, first place positioning means they paid the big dollars. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what it is. It is. It's, it's a marketing tool as well as a functional tool. Um, uh, where did we get to? Um, bigger uh, is games as live service that goes dead in one year or two because uh, it sucks. As in... Uh, as in... I don't. You think live service games are gonna die? How do you mean? How do you mean? Explain. Tell me a bit more. Um, I'm just not quite. No, no, I'm not getting it. <laughs> They're already in. Ah, oh, okay, I get you. I mean, I think that's 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 probably up for debate. Oh, there you go. That is up for debate, as Robert Daniel says. Uh, games um, as a service in general is um, a lot. Like a bigger. live service game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, so live service gaming is is much more prevalent and much more advanced than it ever has been. That I think using specific games like so Marvel Heroes at the Brink of Death. I think certain games will die. I mean, the thing with anything, any game has a shelf life in theory. Live service does help to extend that, but it's still difficult to continue a game forever, even with live service. Um, you need some absolutely incredible um, inventions and, and uh, evolutions of that game to keep it going at the same scale. So games will die off, but games as a service, live service gaming, continued service gaming, there's quite a few different phrases, whichever one you want to go with, um, is definitely much more successful now than it ever has been. Um, it's, it's like using... World, world, as soon as I think of live service games, the, the game that immediately comes to mind is World of Warcraft. That game has been around for 20 years. It will still be around in 20 years' time. But games as a service now, with the likes of Fortnite, PUBG, those games will not be around in 20 years' time. I'll be very surprised if they're around in five years' time. So games as a service or live service game, un unless you keep on managing to evolve it, and the player base is content with whatever it is or expansion pack that you're going to be bringing out for it, whether or not it be a £30 one or a battle pass. It, it's very difficult to be able to tell. Uh, it's very difficult to be able to tell. There's very few games that are able to accomplish it. Destiny, I think, is one that's kind of nailing it now. 
this kind of fell off a little bit at the beginning of Destiny 2 as Destiny 1 eventually became a very, very, very good game. Destiny 2 came out and didn't have half the features that the first one had, and it's taken a long time to be able to get back up there. That now as a live service game is phenomenal with what you what's available to you. Elder Scrolls Online, one of my favorite games ever. Um, it's it started off so poor. I didn't I bought it, hated it, took it back. Four years later, came back. The game is completely different. Like it's a completely different game than what came out of the box originally. That has got better as the live service has progressed. It's very rare that these games can come back from the brink of that. No Man's Sky is another one. That game now, if if it got re um, if it got rescored, I imagine would be infinitely better than it originally got. These it it takes a lot to be able to get them there. If they have the time, if they don't, then unfortunately they will. They won't. They're not going to be there. But it's it's just the way it is. Games don't last forever unless they keep on managing to evolve and adapt over time. Um, and not only that, there's there's a different thing. I mean, having I, I, I you made kind of a different comment there as well. Where's it gone now? I've got games that, that don't get tied down to accounts or companies. I can play them for thirty years down the line. I mean, that is a, a different element there though. Just because that game stays alive, um, that's comparing apples and oranges in that sort of sense so that yeah chances are a game that requires you to be online and linked to a server the chances are you're probably not going to be able to play that in 30 years time but that's kind of the nature of the beast you play you're paying and playing a different system there you're not you're not playing something that's an offline element i get i get the point there that you're saying in that sort of sense it will die yeah chances are most of the games that we play uh, that are continued service live service games now won't be there in 30 years time because i mean in 30 years time we're not even going to have controllers we're just going to just it's going to be built into our eyelids and we just close our eyes yeah exactly not even that (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean but even still that game that you've got 30 years time um just because you can still play that i mean will we have tvs in 30 years i mean will will you be able to link it up in that sort of sense And, and there's all those sort of questions with it so yeah in that sense that rise making there is different from what we're talking about though because I think what he's stating is multiplayer on games that servers end up dying. Yeah, that's always going to happen because it's not a live service game. It's just a game that has multiplayer. A live service game would be one that you pay nine times out of ten a monthly subscription for to keep maintaining that game. Or it's just a game that you have to buy expansion packs for. Having a game that's got a multiplayer server that eventually comes down. Who remembers Mag on the PS3? Phenomenal game. It didn't get the it didn't get the justice. Uh, it didn't get the the rapport that it should have done fantastic game servers died you can't play that game anymore it's strictly multiplayer but to have a multiplayer server on a game yeah of course eventually that's going to die i will not class that as a live service game yeah that's just that's just an on- online element to it but yeah i mean let's jump back to the chat anyway because it is moving pretty quickly daniel says depends how you view games as a live service um well let's look at one which nearly died completely but came back rainbow six siege i mean that's a huge example i mean innovation um uh, innovate uh, the way that Ubisoft innovated in that have changed uh, Siege and they've evolved to the point where it's yeah. it's it's approaching the upper echelons of esports now. It's 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 on the verge of cracking into the Fable top tier, um, maybe not that close, but it's it's, it's still up there. It's still up there. Um, uh, Rise says uh, companies remove private servers for a reason. Um, uh, Robert Daniel says not sure of the relevance of that uh, to, con- uh, to control what you buy technology advanced so much uh, no dedicated private servers um, uh, I don't think it is because I have multiplayer games that are 20 years old I can play multiplayer uh, still because I host private servers um, I mean yeah these these are all different elements though um, I think we've got quite a lot of different 
conversation strings here. Not all live service games rely solely on dev publisher one services. David says Star Citizen's still alive, and that's been a bit for eight years. Um, <laughs> we actually spoke to a bloke in Gamescom about this, didn't we? There was me, you, Mark, and was it Jamie? I was speaking to a guy that was playing Star Citizen. Was it Star Citizen? It was. It was the dude in the pub, wasn't it? In the pub, yeah, the, the dude in the pub, and he was absolutely livid that it. It must have been this because he was complaining about it being an alpha, and he said he just used to go out and shit on people, like he just used to shit talk them constantly. Like, was it? Is he an American dude? He was. Yeah, two American dudes from, uh, dudes from Texas. They were based yeah. just outside Cologne. Um, at, I think it was. Was it? Was it? Was it military? They were doing some sort of technical stuff for the military or something like that. Maybe he used to be military. Anyway, some dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think... I think. Uh, what's the difference between multiplayer game and live service? Well, you can have a live service game that doesn't require you to play with any other players as well. You can have single-player progression stuff online but tied to servers um, and so on. I'd, I mean, I, I definitely... I, I know the answer to that. What's that? So a live service game is... There's two... So you've got games like World of Warcraft that was specifically designed to be live service. There was games that were built to be a multiplayer experience that got bigger and bigger and bigger. You had to buy expansions to continue playing these games, but it was always online. Like, you can't play World of Warcraft offline. They are games on a server that you... It's mostly MMOs uh, that, that is a live service game. Multiplayer games with online elements are a completely different kettle of beans. They're your Call of Duty. You can't play. Well, you can now because they remastered it, but... Like, you can't play Call of Duty 4 online unless they're a private server that someone's paid for. I can't go and play PES 6 on my PS2 because those servers have been taken off. I can't even play PES 15 on my, uh, on my PS4 because the servers have been turned off. Those are games that come with online multiplayer elements that are never classed as online service games. That's the difference. In my eyes, that's the difference. Um, Rice says, I can play Call of Duty 1 and 2 with private servers, not paying exactly. anything. Exactly, it's a private server. Um, it's a private but server. But that, that private server is nothing to do with the brand. Um, but that's that's a completely different thing. Having a private server isn't a live service. A, a live service is where you get added content. And that content, as with most digital content, is tied to availability. It could have short-term uh, license restrictions and, and, and whatever. That's all kind of irrelevant. But I think the sweeping statement of live service is shit is definitely one that that is correct and and wrong at the same time. It's correct because you believe it. And that's, that, that, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's incorrect because the majority of the games that I play are live service games that, yeah, I'm not going to be able to play them in 10 to 20 years' time, but it's a game that matters for me right now. A game that I can play in 10 to 20 years' time isn't necessarily going to be pushing the envelope for me. Um, I, I Yeah, great. I can, I can do my story mode and I can play it again in 20 years time and it's going to be the same yeah. game live service offers me from my perspective an evolving format be that short-term modes be that new content and dlc and skins the live service element is is where the games are provided with support and ongoing content and, and whatever um from brands so yeah i think i think i think we're probably best to put a pin in it there but there's, there's you're going into different um Different avenues. So having private servers is not necessarily a slight on um, live service. That's that's something different. Anyway, um, da -da -da. Uh, uh, dude, the online part is updated by the community. This was disallowed uh, by modern games. This is a business model problem, uh, not technology. Um, 
<laughs> Insert popcorn.gif. Yeah, we like it. It's getting heated. Whew. It's what? Not yeah, heated. Everyone's opinion of a live service game is different. Apparently, well, clearly, it's it's completely different. In my mind, I think it's it's two completely different things. A live service game and then a game that has a multiplayer element to it. They're two completely different things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you can you can have games that offer live service elements that are offline as well. Um, you won't get access to all of the content going forward. Um, and even games like uh, Pez 6, for example, that's not a live service game. Uh, the online elements are gone. There is no way that I can play that football game as the finished article right now. If I, if I get an Xbox 360 and a fresh copy of Pez 6, put it in, yeah, I can play it, nice. But there are data packs and patches which come through the air, through the wire, uh, yeah. through the wires, through the cloud, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I can't play with any of that stuff, and that is not a live service game. That's an offline game. But but anyway, anyway, let's speaking of Xboxes. Is sorry, his last comment. I agree with him, and I don't understand why he thinks that I don't agree with him. Live service is not a game type, but it's a business model. I've never denied that. I have absolutely never demanded The only way World of Warcraft is still going now is because it's popular and people are playing it and still want to pay money for it. It's a business model. If no one bought it, the game would die. And I, I've never once disagreed with that. But it's still a game that has a life, life service model. Like, regardless. <laughs> they haven't brought World of Warcraft 2 out. Do you know what I mean? It's just World of Warcraft and then the expansion pack. They've gone back to Classic WoW, but they haven't brought out a second one. You're right, it is a business model. I've never once denied that. But I think the, the 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 difference is one is an everlasting game, the other one is a game that has died. But you're having to pay for private servers, or you might find a way of hosting a game that has a private server yourself without having to pay for it. But there's still two, in my eyes, two completely different things still. Um, Bacon Chin through the wires, old man G. Yeah, it's because I was thinking in my mind of like Xbox 360 um, having to pretty much always plug that in. They did do the Xbox 360 Wi-Fi adapter, which was an incredibly expensive and piece of shit piece of equipment because I had to buy five, literally five. I went to um, the the Argos store that was close to where I used to work at the time, bought a Wi-Fi adapter, plugged it in, didn't work, thought there was something wrong. Uh, borrowed my mates, worked fine, so I took mine back. Got another one, plugged it in, didn't work. Borrowed my mates again, yeah, that still worked, so I had to take it back. And I did this five times. Argos must have got a dodgy batch of them. And then I went looking online and realised that it was a widespread thing. They were just really, 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 really badly manufactured. So, yeah, in my mind, Xbox needs a wire. So that's where the uh, through the wires was. Anyway, enough of that tangent. Speaking of Xboxes, uh, we'll put a pin in this story because um, it's hard to have a conversation into twi in Twitch chat because Rai clearly has some uh, comments that he wants to make, but obviously it's segregated and there's only so much you can do within a twitch chat so let's jump forward as the next news article speaking of xbox is the xbox series x and s consoles have been pictured starting to arrive at target stores so this follows on from yesterday's article that ps5 uh, peripherals and accessories have now started to arrive in store uh, this one's looking at uh, Xbox, uh, written by Tom Ivan at VGC, it says PS5 DualSense controllers and headsets have, have also been shipped to the retailer. I've just said that, Tom. God, keep up. Um, <laughs> images reportedly showing Xbox Series X and S consoles received by a Target store in the United States have been published online. Uh, Redditor uh, G. James Austin said the pictures below were taken moments after the Target where they worked received a shipment of 10 Xbox Series X consoles and 8 Xbox Series S units. They said their branch has yet to inform employees when it will be able to let customers start ordering consoles for in-store pickup. The store has also received some PlayStation 5 DualSense controllers and headsets, they said. Uh, there we go. So, up at the top, Xbox Series X 
uh, and the Xbox Series S consoles. Uh, so launching worldwide on November 10th, Xbox Series X is priced at 449 and the Series S is 249 That's obviously in pounds because we're in the UK. Um, do you know what? We don't need to cover the rest of the stuff. I think that mm -hmm. kind of uh, says itself. So unsurprisingly we're only uh 17 ish days i think it is from the xbox launching um so less than three weeks unsurprising that stores are starting to receive them usually around two weeks in advance but yeah there we go what you've got a smile on your face for what, what are you smiling at this target for a brand new console that's coming out has got 18 xboxes it's, it's incredible isn't it? i mean that will probably <laughs> just be the first batch it has to you, you kind of feel that has to be uh, the first batch. You'd hope so. Like, there's going to be more than 18 people around that area. That's pre-ordered it from Target. I'm telling you now, that is amazing. Just 18. That, like I say, it must just be the first container that's come in, and they've just gone, "Oh my God, they're here!" And they just start taking pictures of it. Um, but yeah, it mental. 18 consoles for the entirety of that area around that Target. Do you know what comes to mind when we mention this? Uh, hmm. A conversation I was having with Gary, who's in in the uh, chat. And he was talking about midnight openings. Does anyone still do midnight openings and things before for like CODs and so on? And then I started posting pictures of a COD event in London. But all that doesn't, it's not what it reminds me of. It reminds me of one comment Gary said. There was a queue. The last thing, I don't know if it was the last thing you went to or if it was just one of the previous ones, but he went to a GTA midnight opening and the queue was massive. Uh, I don't think they had enough stock. Um, but the guy that got served first got jumped after he left the store. Some people beat him up and took his game Jesus. off him. So, <laughs> the GTA yeah. uh, is so apt. Um, so, I mean, that, that is horrendous for a game. This is a brand new console for seven years of gaming. You you literally need to no believe in it. Is there? You, you need to believe in with an armored truck. You need, like, Vince McMahon kind of bodyguards around you with the arms swaying to make sure that you can leave because this is just. That is issues waiting to happen. 18 I mean, consoles. It's, it's, there's no bag going to be big enough to try and cover this either, is there? You can't exactly put it in like a Primark bag. It's, it's, the console's absolutely massive. People are going to spot you from a mile away. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think I'm it's... Glad I, got a delivery driver I don't think it it's anything even hiding it either. I think it's more the... Um, you, oh, my job to pick it up. <laughs> you walk out of the store and it's absolutely going to be that meme of the kid with a drink in his hand where he's kind of like... <laughs> Eyes like, look, you're going to be there, but rather than having the drink in your hand, you're going to be there with the Series X. Some guy who wants the Series X, he's 19th in line. <laughs> he's been sat there for three hours, only just counting oh, how many uh, back he is. He's looking at you with your Series X in his hand, thinking, I really want that. You're looking at him with your Series X in your hand, eyes going backwards and forwards, going, Well, I really want this. I also don't want an ass kicking. <laughs> so it's like the, uh, <laughs> it's the, oh, oh, shit. So yeah, if you're going out for a console on launch day, um, do you know what? Uh, may the odds ever be in your favour. That's the only thing we say. Hunger Games it up. It's going to be one of those days. Um, the Xbox Series SX packaging is beautiful, says Gary. I still not be able to get my hands on one, says Robert Daniel. Um, I think the only thing you can do is 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 well brave brave what we've just been talking about. Then I think there may be some stuff coming online. Uh, you kind of feel there may be a last minute stock, like splurge, but. Yeah, it's got to be a, a nip to a supermarket or a non-standard games retailer and pick up one of theirs. I think it's going to be one of those situations. Either way, if you've not got one by half nine on launch day, they will have gone everywhere. 100%. Uh, trying to hide the console in a Greg's bag. <laughs> so it's a big steak pig. <laughs> 
Uh, just have to sprint as fast as you can out of the store. Just where you go, that guy's got three of them! Everyone turns around and you leg it the other way. Ah! I say leg it, you're not going to sprint as fast as you can when you're carrying a PS5, though, are you? <laughs> just, <laughs> ah! Um... <laughs> like hell am I heading, heading out into public for the console? <laughs> that's that's the attitude. Uh, what have you shared in chat, Viv? What's the image? <laughs> Click it. <laughs> <laughs> just started trying to... I'm just going picking my PS5 up to my job. Just carrying it through the front door. Pivot! <laughs> Pivot! <laughs> Pivot! <laughs> uh, to me. To you. To me. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, is it ironic that the guy got mugged GTA style after buying GTA? I mean, that's the thing. That's what I was thinking as well. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, me to PSU. <laughs> me to PSU. <laughs> to me to PSU. Hey. Anyway, if you can't get your hands on an Xbox Series X or a PS5 or whatever, then don't worry. You've all got a PC, right? I'm just assuming you have because that fits into the next story. So just say yes. Yes, nice, great. Okay, well, anyway. the, the next story. If you can't get yourselves uh, a PS5 um, or an Xbox Series X, but you want to play some games over the next few months, then we'll keep your hi- eyes on the Epic Game Store. Uh, we tend to follow up with Epic Game Store's articles towards the end of the week because Thursday we usually get a refresh um, some new free games and stuff coming um, but this one is about the Epic Game Store's Halloween sale which is now live with savings of up to 75% written by Tom Ivan at BGC it says promotions running until November 5th so the Epic Game Store has launched a Halloween sale featuring discounts of up to 75% off until November 5th so if you have a PC Grab yourself some bargains. Anyway, rather than focus on purely on scary games, the promotion includes savings on titles from across the digital marketplace. Di- discounts include Hades, uh, which has 20% off at 15.19. Crisis Remastered, 35% off at 18.19. Dead Cells, 40% off uh, for 11.99. World War Z Game of the Year, Death Stranding, and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order all in there as well. We'll keep reading that numbers because it'll just turn into like banner blindness, but with numbers. Anyway, Rocket League uh, recently adopted a free-to-play model on all platforms following... It's moved from Steam to the Epic Game Store, and the Epic Game Store's version of Sonic's VR. Do you know actually that's just all just just stuff? But there is an Epic Game Store sale with seventy five percent off. I also want to mention that next week's free game is a good one, but I can't remember what it is. Do you, have you opened up the Epic Games launch? Have you seen what it is? I was talking with Mark about it yesterday. Uh, uh, Blair Witch and shit. What is it? Yeah, layers of no, layers of fear too. Uh, Save, uh, Ghostbusters. There you go. That was it. So Ghostbusters is going to be free on Epic Games next week. So do you know what? They got Halloween sale for seventy five percent off in Halloweeny uh, fashion. If you want to get uh, get some ghosts, if you ain't afraid of no ghosts, or maybe you are, and you need someone else that isn't, then Ghostbusters is the free game next week on the Epic Games. So check it out. Check it out. Um, but that's the news. That's the news. Of not just the day, the week we are done with the scoop for the week. Thank you everyone for being involved in the chat. Thank you, um, particularly to Rye and Daniel for the uh, for the heavy conversation on uh, live service and, and not. We do like we do like a conversation where people are passionate. Um, it's good. It's good. It's nice. Thank you very much. Uh, Bacon Chin, obviously for mentioning Greg's because I mean that as well, and everyone else that's been in the chat. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, we are going to drop off, as I did before we start the show, just a couple of reminders. We are giving away a copy of FIFA 21 to one subscriber on Monday, the 2nd of November. That's our loot drop. At the start of every month, we give a prize away to subs. Just a little bit of a thank you for supporting the channel. Obviously, we don't get paid to do this. Uh, we are we work in the games industry, but this is a side gig 
so we don't get paid for it. The subs do help us, and that's one way that we like to give back. Uh, we're almost at 2,000 uh, followers on the channel, so if you help us get to 2K, we will do a giveaway. Once we hit 2K, we will do uh, a giveaway for another prize to be announced. So if you haven't, if you're lurking, if you're watching, if you like what you see, please feel free to hit follow in the channel right now. Before we do disappear, though, Mr. Bib, who looks like he's typing, he's got his concentration face on, is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, yes, of course, as this is the last show this week. I know, I know, it's unfortunate. Um, but if you do see any video game news over the weekend, then please get in contact with us. There's two ways you can do that. First of all, find us on social media. It's at Ice Cream Uploads across absolutely everything. Second of all, join our Discord. There's an area in the left-hand side in the category section that says the scoop. All we need you to do is drop in the link to the article, as well as your thoughts and impressions. We will then give our thoughts and impressions on the very next show, which will be at what time on Monday morning, Mr. Graham Day? The very next show will be at 10 a.m. Ish, 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 as it says in the chat. Hey, late drop in the ish <laughs> as well. So 10 a.m. ish. Uh, obviously, just just to clarify, we we aim to go live at 10 a.m., but we we do work, so it's it fits in around that, which is where the ish comes from. Just in case you didn't know. Anyway, we are going to drop off, but we will be back uh, very very soon with the next episode of Masters of the League. That's our PC Modded Master League on Pez. So feel free to stick around in the channel. We're back in about 20 minutes. We'll go offline and jump back on again with that so if you want to see some football fun times you want to see us close out the season then make sure you come back for that until then have yourselves a fantastic day and in ice creamy fashion make sure you stay frosty you stay frosty <laughs>